You're listening to the John Stapleton Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are back in the book of Revelation, and we're looking at chapters 15 and 16 together. And as I've said before, I've been taking my time with the book of Revelation because uh, we're studying this. I'm studying this with the high schoolers at my church. And so we've been pacing ourselves and uh, and moving along steadily throughout the school year. And today, I want to draw attention to chapters 15 and 16. That's where we happen to be. 15 and 16 is a biblical horror story, and it describes how the world ends. And some of you who have some background in church, some time in church, you may have remembered reading these terrible books in the 90s called Left Behind. There was a kid series and an adult series, and it was just horrible. Uh, it, It depicted people being sucked up into the air and car crashes happening spontaneously and clothes being flung everywhere because they're missing bodies. And it was just, it was something. It was something. And that comes from a a hyper-literal reading of Revelation. There are two ways to look at any literature. This is plain figurative or this is plain literal. Let me reverse that. Plain literal and then plain figurative. Plain literal is it says what it says. Plain figurative is it says this, but this group of words together means this in this context. It, it's a figure of speech. It's a, They're actually communicating this when they say this, um, figurative. And so we, we want to do that in Revelation because John, remember, he's, he has a, a series of visions and a series of sounds that, that's being revealed to him by the Lord. So let's, let's look at this. Chapter 15 is actually the prelude chapter. It's the chapter that announces the end of the world. It announces the bowls. It announces God's wrath. And it starts with a sign in heaven. The last time we looked at a sign was actually in chapter 12, where the sign was Israel. The sign was Mary, the mother of Jesus. And a sign points to something greater than itself. A sign represents, um, in Revelation uh, as well, a significant event. In fact, the new the New Living Translation in Revelation twelve says, um, "In a great event, uh, a, a, an event of great significance occurred, something like that." But this is a sign of the end of the world. This sign is acting as an omen. This sign is acting as a hint of what is to come, and that is the and that is the destruction of the creative. Order. And so the big question that Revelation, especially these two chapters, bid us to ask is about God's morality. Is it just for God to destroy everyone? Is, it, is God evil? Is God wrong to wipe out evildoers and remove their wicked governments and their wicked cultures? It may, be, it may surprise some of you, and I, I do say that, it may surprise some of you that God is actually praised for how right he is and how holy he is, how different he is. You know, the thing is, you cannot ask God if he's evil without asking if God would still be right if he never did anything about the evil world. And in, in, in particular, what we've seen in the book of Revelation, God's people are, are constantly getting slaughtered, getting killed for their faith. And, and the question is, remember, remember back to chapter 6 or chapter 5, God's people cry out and the, the martyrs, they cry out and they say, how long, O Lord, until you go down there and you avenge our 
blood. Well, chapter 16 is the answer to that prayer. Chapter 16 is God listening to his people. Yes, I will avenge you. Remember that verse that some of you have memorized? Um, It says, do not avenge yourselves. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. Well, that means there's a day coming where God is going to avenge himself and his people. And that's exactly what's happening here. I mean, look at chapter 16, verses 5 and 6. I just want to read this. I heard the angel in charge of the water say, Just are you, O holy one, who is and who was. It doesn't say who is to come because he's already here. For you brought these judgments. You are just for you brought these judgments. You are right because you brought these judgments. Verse 6. They have shed the blood of saints and prophets. Right? Old covenant, new covenant. And you have given them blood to drink. It's what they deserve. And I heard the altar saying, Yes, Lord, the Almighty, true and just are your judgments. So God is praised for his justice. God is praised for his verdict. God is praised for stepping in. God is praised for putting an end to evil. And my question to you is, if you are God's people, why don't you join them? Why don't you join the chorus in heaven that praises God for being a holy, righteous judge who doesn't miss anything and who judge perf- per- and who judges perfectly? We have a problem with authority. We have a problem with judgment. We have a problem with, and, and uh, part of this is because it's, it's self-indicting a little bit. Like, in order for God to handle evil once and for all, he's got to kill evildoers. He's got to end their life. He's got to send them to hell. He's got he's to enact eternal punishment on them. Because, listen, you might look at someone who has killed thousands of people, but if you're hateful, that same sin dwells in your heart in seed form. You're just like them. And so if God is not grading on a curb and he's going to uh, do away with evil once and for all and he's going to get rid of all of it, small and great, then he doesn't just wipe out the murder. He wipes out the person that hates. When What was your last comment online? Do you, do you hate someone? That That's enough to to be considered as murder as far, as far as God is concerned. And it's not about what you do. It's who you sin against. If you sin against God or you sin against someone he created, that's enough. That's just like sinning against God. And that's enough to put you away for eternity, which is why you need the grace of God. This is why you need God to be a righteous judge. right? People say, why is there evil in the world? Well, there's evil in the world because there's evil people in the world. And God is waiting for those evil people to repent. And in the meantime... Evil people do evil to other people, which is why evil is in the world. And so if God's going to do away with evil, he's going to do away with evil people. But he can't do away with evil people if right now he's being patient with evil people. But there's a day coming where he will stop being patient and he's going to give everybody what they deserve. Or there's a day coming where you die, you give an account to God, and he's going to give you the reward for what you chose. Nope, God doesn't send anybody to hell. God gives everybody what they chose thousands of times in their life. If you want a life without God, guess what you get? A life without God. 
If you want God, you're going to get God. This is why we need Jesus so that we can be holy and thus be spared from the wrath of God. Because he is the only one that perfectly fulfilled the law. Even if you think, I've, you know, uh, yeah, I've, I've got some stuff in my past, but I'm going to keep the law right now and be perfect. You can't. This is what Paul says in Romans 3, 19 and 20. The law was given so that every mouth may be stopped and that everyone be held accountable before God. Because the only one that never transgressed any part of the law was Jesus Christ. And at this point in Revelation, the seven bowls contain God's wrath. And once they are poured out on the earth, cosmic justice will be met for killing God's people. These bowls are similar to the trumpets, but instead instead of a one-third destruction of everything, it's complete destruction of everything. And the bowls represent total destruction. It's a horror story about the end. And so my challenge to you is this. The world is ending. God is going to come back and he's going to judge. I don't know when. The book of Revelation says that he's coming back soon. Soon has so far been 2,000 years. So whatever soon means to God is not something that I'm going to attempt to know. There are so many people that have tried to ascribe dates to these things that have been wrong. But live in a way that he's ready. Or at least live in a way where, as um, John says in 1 John, when Jesus comes back, we won't shrink back from him in shame at his return. And ultimately, here's a challenge. Most of you, for most of you, this will probably be a challenge. I need you to practice thanking God for his justice. We thank God for his provision, but we should also thank God for his justice. Because here's what this means personally. It means you don't have to take care of it. If you ha- Do you have an enemy? Let God handle them. You don't need to seek out vengeance because the way God meets out justice is far better and far more severe than what you or I could do to somebody. So let them have the last word. Let them, in a sense, get away with it, except nobody gets away with anything. Hand them over to God because he is the judge of all creation That's what Revelation chapters 15 and 16 are about. God bless and I'll see you next time.